Thank you for joining us for this episode. Today, we're joined by Dr. Todd Cohen, and we're going to talk about developing off-site dry eye specialty clinics on the OI show. Thanks again for joining us for this episode. Today, we're joined by Dr. Todd Cohen. It's awesome to have you here, my friend. How are you? Wonderful. Thanks so much. And even though we can't see each each other in person, it's wonderful to see ourselves virtually. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Todd and I have uh, been part of a study group together for, oh gosh, 10 years, buddy? Almost 10 years? I I think it might be closer to 14 or 15 years. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Or, or, uh, yeah, things keep going faster and faster with time. And we get together and we talk about our practices and things that we're doing well and things that we're crushing it and, you know, kind of give somebody a hard time if they're not doing well and taking care of patients. And so it's been a good accountability. And Todd has been, um, Todd has been somebody I've always looked up to, to the way that he brings new services into his practice. And during COVID, Buddy, you just exploded in the arena of dry eye. And uh, let's start with, uh, before we even get into any questions, tell us where you practice, what your practice is like uh, pre-COVID, and, uh, and then we'll get into what you've done in the last couple of years. Sounds good. So I opened my practice uh, 15 years ago. I graduated ICO in 2001. My practice is located in northwest suburbs of Chicago. We're in a medical building on the first floor. Um, Our main practice is called Foresight Vision. We opened that in 2007. Um, We doubled the space, I think, in 2011. I have two associates, one associate five days a week and one associate just one day a week. And I'm in clinic with patients three days a week, Um, although we have satellite offices, which we'll go into later. Um, My practice is um, complete comprehensive eye care. We have a specialty dry eye center, um, specialty ortho K center. um, And we've always prided ourselves in providing the ultimate experience for patients. Um, we have all the medical diagnostic technology, um, you know, OCTs, visual fields, the retina camera, all that good stuff. My, we do mybography on every single patient. We've been doing that for at least five or six years. Um, and so we have a wonderful core. We have seven staff members, um, one that works remotely doing charts as a scribe. Um, but that's what our practice is like. We've always maintained, thanks to our study group, and we all kind of metricize each other. And um, it's really been a big motivation in integrating new technology in our practices with our colleagues sharing ideas. But our our revenue per patient is always in 99th percentile across the country. And we pride ourselves, as we say, that our revenue per, pas- per patient is actually the um, outcome of the level of care we provide. And so yeah. um, with that, um, we've always kind of maintained our practice. And you know, without, you know, through COVID and, and we were pretty much flatlined compared to 2019, but we've been growing. We're still 15 years in practice and we're still up double digits every year. So we're very thankful. Yeah, that's, uh, that's incredible. I think the, uh, the thing about our study group is that if Todd is not at the top of nearly every number, then he's upset oh. about it. Right. So yeah, you're always leading the charge and helping us all push to be better, which is which is really, really awesome. I try to. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So um, now, now did you always have like a dedicated dry eye center within Mm -hmm. your practice or when did that kind of start? So five years ago, I had the uh, eye opening uh, thing to real realization that I wanted to generate insure colleague referrals. Right. And, and the barrier to entry 
was always that we're always, we in an optometric profession are always afraid that someone's going to be poaching our patients or they won't return back to our office and things like that. And so even though I would never do that and, and, and our aesthetic love or your practice at secondary care facilities wouldn't do that, there's still that overwhelming cloud of that. And so yeah. I didn't want these, you know, a lot of the commercial docs refer us patients didn't want them sending to foresight vision. I wanted them to send it to the dry eye center. And so how could we do that? And so I created a separate sub LLC called the Midwest dry eye center. It's got its own website. It's got its own phone number. It's got, um, when, when that phone rings, our staff answers it is thanks for calling Midwest dry eye center. Even though it's the same staff members, they know that line is ringing its own. They get appointment confirmations from the Midwest dry eye center. We have all these Midwest dry center referral sheets. So it's its own separate entity. And so five years ago, we did that. We had my former marketing manager create really nice, um, you know, uh, brochures and pamphlets and referral sheets. Um, and that actually has really helped a lot, especially with some of our MD colleagues, like the rheumatologists and um, things like that, because that really helps that it's a specific dry eye center. Yeah. Um, so we brought in the Oculus Caragraph, thanks to Dave's, um, you know, experience with it. And that's been a, the workhorse in our practice. I don't care if you're six or 60, you get a mybography in our practice because it's the earlier signs of identification that there's a problem, even if you're asymptomatic, which as we both know, a lot of people are. Um, so we treat it like glaucoma. You got to catch it before it becomes a big problem. And so that kind of is established. And as a result, we've added more technology as far as BluffX and we've got LipaFlow five years. In fact, we're a top 20 account in the country with lipoflows. Um, we do a lot of them in terms of we've got great results along with our surgical um, relationship. We do a lot for them too. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of, and then we've added obviously radio frequency this past year and um, ocular aesthetics as well. So yeah, well, it certainly is something that, you know, so many practices have as they open these specialty, you know, types of services that they do. And it's just an add on to what they currently do. And the only patients that get those services are the established patients that you have. Mm -hmm. So, you know, an out average ODC and 2000 patients a year, for instance, now they've got 2000 patients to try to get that dry eye from, and they're hoping they can maybe get somebody from, you know, their website or something. But the beauty about what you're doing is you're saying, Hey, I'm going to take my 2000 patients and try to find ways to go outside into the community. How did that MD relationship kind of build and start for you? Well, funny enough, a couple of them just happenstance were our patients. And they were kind of overwhelmed and like, wow, I've never had an experience like this. And, you know, how come I've always seen my MD colleagues and they've never even shown me what a myography is before. And um, so that's kind of helped a lot. We have a allergist and a rheumatologist that are our patients that are just singing our praises. So that's kind of just happenstance lucky. Um, but we just kind of always, we've always got, it's just so mind boggling and frustrating that, you know, whenever I have my new associates, I get them hitting the street and they drop off stuff at doctor's offices and try to talk to nurses and we get nowhere. I mean, the, in the medical community, they're seeing more patients and, and they're crunched even more so. And there's more, um, you know, off to the PA and the nurse assistant. And there's just, they're just spread so thin that they'll never give you the time. And it's so frustrating because our eye care experience is so comprehensive and so thorough and we're spending more time and doing some more tests than an ophthalmologist does in their general exam sometimes. And, and so um, it's frustrating. So with the dry eye piece, it's kind of created a niche where no one else is really doing it or at least promoting it in the same way that we are. And 
Um, yeah. It's great. You know, we're in Chicago where we have patients that come from, you know, the North Shore hospital system or the Northwestern system. And they're just so frustrated that no one's listening to them. They're throwing eye drops at the problem. And I mean, I can't believe that they're not even doing biographies at these institutions. They're not because the MDs are just, you know, we got to get our relative value units. We got to get these people in surgery. We got to just push them up the side, prescribe a drop and, and get them out the door. And people are so upset. I mean, there's different Facebook groups I'm part of. They have 15,000 members. And whenever I chime in, they're like, can we just sing your praises and, and shout it? Because they're just, they're just, as a patient, you just don't know where to go with dry eye yeah. disease. Yeah. So uh, during COVID, things changed for you and you you decided to start reaching out beyond just your own doors. What what can you share with us about about what you've uh, what you've set up in Chicago? Okay, so I have a a great relationship with uh, an ophthalmologist who's got five offices. Um, They're one of the leaders in Illinois in terms of premium IOLs. And I um, my at that time, Lipiflow rep um, shared with me the uh, report by Dr. Cynthia Matosian about the importance of treating dry eye prior to IOL surgery. In fact, she published it that 40% of her measurements, I think, would have been wrong, right? So that really kind of resonated with this ophthalmologist. And the ophthalmologist we work with, I mean, they do, I think, 70% of their cases are premium IOLs. And so he's a firm believer in it. He doesn't want to mess with Lipiflow. He's got too many fish to fry. They're seeing 3,500 patients a month or some somewhere thereabouts and, you know, between all their offices. And so we've kind of formed a relationship where we will do a lot of the pre-treatment, pre-surgery um, IOL uh, patients, Lipiflows, dry eye assessments, get them stabilized prior to their final measurements. And people are so happy. They feel comfortable. Um, these people are spending lots of money for their premium IOLs. And you better be sure they want to have all their marble, all their ducks in a row to make sure they're getting the, the best outcome. And so this really ensures that. So that's one relationship. Another thing I've done is I've really tried to work with my colleagues on primary care optometrists that aren't doing dry eye. And yeah. um, what I've done is I spent a lot of money, um, you know, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to get this legally sewn up. Um, to make sure it's a good relationship. And so I have a couple practices that I've mini licensed my Midwest dry eye center to. So what I've done is they have a lipis scan and they weren't doing anything in terms of dry eye. I consult with them every quarter. Initially, I spent about three hours with them one-on-one, teaching them everything about my flow chart, how I approach dry eye disease. Um, I've run it by several people, how what, what we do in terms of our talking points, kind of like a A to Z this is how I practice dry eye, and this is how you, how you can make it successful. So many of our colleagues are seeing two, 300 patients a month, and they're just spinning their wheels, but they're so busy with the managed care vision plans, they don't understand or have the, the, the financial, they're so busy, they don't know that they're, you know, that they're spinning their wheels, and they're barely making money on all these patients, and they're missing dry eye disease or not treating yep. them appropriately. And so I provide them scans. And then I come in once a month and I do the lipoflows for their patients in their practice. And they've also been listed as ancillary practices. My website, our dry eye website gets about 1,100 page hits a month um, just by people Googling. So um, I've worked with a couple of practices that way. We're trying to build a relationship. These aren't practices within an earshot of me. They're like 30 minutes this way and 25 minutes this way. So geographically, yeah. it's a little separate. Yeah. Yeah. When you go into one of those offices once a month, um, 
you know, are you doing five, six, seven, ten lippy flows on them at that time so that they just yeah. kind of accumulate them? That's pretty much it. It's in their own practice. So yeah. it's very easy for their practice. And so the reason why it's beneficial, I mean, basically them doing lipa scans every month on all these, say, my, a friend of mine's a CFO and we've, we've get, gotten this so basically easy for patients, for these practices. It's like, why would they not do it? I mean, they're making more money on a, they're generating enough revenue monthly just on doing lipa scans more than what their my monthly licensing fee is far and above that. And then we yeah. go into lipa flows. They're not going to want to buy it, and they don't have the staff time and the know how. So I have my, myself and one of my lead technicians. We go in do the lipa flows, you know, four to six a month or something like that. For we can do two an hour, and then um, and then they'll do the automatic eight week follow up. Um, with the patient in their own office. So it behooves them to make the referral um, and obviously address the MGD. So, yeah, yeah, incredible. What are you, what are you thinking? Uh, yeah, obviously this would be fantastic to scale to the, to the masses, but the people that are listening here, what is the takeaway for them in doing things differently in their practice to impact their own patients? Well, I think the biggest problem out there is too many of us are, are, are you know, a, rep, a sales rep will come in, we'll turn the switch, let's buy this right now. And then, you know, and then you lose steam. Nobody in general, a lot of people don't have the fortitude and the um, consistency to implement, implement something properly and, and, and make it part of the routine. I mean, you might buy a new box, shiny box, it's great for a few weeks and all of a sudden, Sally, your main technician leaves and now it's just sitting there collecting dust. I mean, just LipoFlow, for example, I mean, the amount of practices that have them and the amount of patient people that are actually using it consistently is a percentage of the overall market share of them. So you really have to do implementation, staff training and get your whole team on board um, in terms of that. But for someone that wants to do a dry eye center or do a specialty, look at, I've always looked at my practice as three pillars. I have primary care, I have my my ortho K and my dry eye. Those pillars all need to keep building, building. And the fact is, is that two of those three are private pay patients, right? We're dealing in a landscape of people are going to big box retails. You have to, as a private practitioner, you have to give yourself insurance financially, that people want to keep coming to you for the different services you're providing that you can't get down the street. And that's why as a private practitioner, whether it's vision therapy, myopia management, you know, jump in with two feet, because really, if you look at the financials of things, it's twice as great as seeing, even seeing half as many patients, but having the same. And I'm always a smarter, not harder type of person. Yeah. Well, I think what we are uh, what we are teaching people to do in optometry school is we're we're saying, do your primary care, but then become a glaucoma specialist, a dry eye specialist, you know, a, a refractive surgery specialist, and uh, you know, dabble a little bit in this, that, or the other thing. And you really can't be a major specialist in all of these different things and do all of them very well. Very few people can do that. And the reality is, I think, as we continue to progress in our profession and optometry develops these quote unquote subspecialties is we have to be more poignant to say, this is where I'm going to be really good and I'm going to go all in on it. I'll still do primary care, but this is what I'm going to do. 
What you didn't say is that you build around glaucoma, right? So in, in some of our cases, I've come to the decision of, I know that my colleague next door is better at managing glaucoma than I am. So I might, you know, see the patient, I might do OCTs and visual fields on them. And then at the point of treatment, I might start them on treatment, but then I want them out of my office and in the hands of somebody who's better than mine, better than me when it gets to that point. And that's what we want to be for dry eye or whatever it is that our specialty is. And I think that's a really key component that we, we tend to get focused on is like, well, I should take care of all of my patients. And I think the beauty about what you've done is you found a way to help practices that aren't diving in to keep their mm-hmm. patients in their office and, uh, right. and, and, and really be able to still provide for that. But I think that's kind of a big takeaway is that go all in and get really, really good at it. So you can help those patients a lot. Mm-hmm. I agree. And then it's, it's just, it's just making you more special and, and, and people seek it. I mean, I, this boggles my mind. I have people that drive from two and a half hours away. I'm like, wait a minute. I know what freeways you're traveling on. You're passing lots of doctors, lots of good colleagues that I regard as good colleagues at the, at the hospitals and things, but the level of care, the marketing and your reputation is, is, is wonderful. And, and when you're giving that quality of care and listening and the compassion, and they know you're on top of things, it gives them really good. I mean, they're willing. I wouldn't drive two hours to see somebody. Maybe if I really, really like them, I would. But I find someone within an earshot. That's for sure. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, awesome. Thank you for joining us for this episode. It's been awesome having you, my man. My pleasure. Can't wait to see you in person. Yeah. yeah. Likewise. And thank you for joining us for this episode of the OI Show. Please make sure to like and subscribe, and stay tuned for future episodes with incredible guests like Dr. Todd Cohen. Mm-hmm.